Cliché dictates that overnight successes rarely happen overnight. And as tired as the turn may seem, there's certainly quite a bit of truth to be attached to that phrase, especially when it comes to distance running, where mere seconds are only often shed after years of mileage and workouts. It's for that reason that I'm sure many across Canada and the United States were left wondering, who is Fair Abdul Karim, and how did he run a 28-39-10,000 at the Mount Sac Relays? How did he go from being a 31-minute mid-guy and his only other mark in the event to being one of the best in the country? This week, we hope to answer that question as the Ole Miss redshirt and runner who came up with the Ottawa Lions, Farah, joins the show to talk about his breakout, what specifically got him as good as he was, and the story of how he got to the line at Mount Sac. The story's a good one. You're definitely going to want to stick around for that. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram. A Tracky Radio production. All right, big race for you at uh, at Mount Sac. I mean, like that that time just propels you to to one of the best guys in the, in the nation. I mean, of course, it, for those who who haven't been following along, that that time was twenty eight thirty nine um, in the ten thousand meters. A great great time. You know, take a look at your IAAF page. There wasn't really a whole lot leading into it. And, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later. But perhaps uh, let's hear about some of the mental rep going into that race, knowing that, you know, like basically that was like two times your 5,000 meter PB. Um, Like what what were you telling yourself going into that race, uh, you know, to try and psych yourself up to to believe that you could run a pace like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... I think the year before that, I had to like hit my knee and I ran 1427. And the year before that, I ran 1424. So there wasn't really much before my 1402 indoors that was like convincing me, oh, I can run super fast in a 10K. Um, but, you know, I remember just looking at like times from guys like Jacob Thompson, because I, I used to live in Kentucky. So looking at a guy like that, who, you know, was fifth at Nationals, he ran 2840 as his PR and, and thinking, like, man, like that guy's way faster than I am. I could never, you know, do this twice, but just knowing that I ran, um, you know, 14 lows and competed really well against like some of the guy, best guys in the nation, uh, at SECs indoors and, you know, placed just outside of podium due to like a pretty lackluster kick on my part, you know, closing like a 28, 29 when other guys were closing like 25. Um, just knowing that I was close to that level, but you know, I wasn't completely there and I wasn't completely thinking, you know, Oh, we're gonna run it at twenty eight forty. That was that was a surprise for sure. But you know, um, <clears throat> my teammate Mark Robertson actually ran twenty nine flat um, at Raleigh Relays a couple weeks before that. And something we always say here is like, you know, there's so many great guys like you know Dalton, Hankst, and Cade Bethman, Waleed Sluman, you know, all these all these amazing guys. And if you just keep on running around greatness, you're bound to be great one day. You know, it's just consistency is key and. And knowing that my teammate and my training partner did something like that, I was just looking for a World University game standard of 29.30, and any second under that was uh, kind of a blessing. Oh, man, I bet, I bet. So you, okay, so you get to that line. It's, it's like, if I remember correctly, that field was, was pretty stacked. Uh, you know, you take a look around that line. I mean, how, how are you feeling at, at different points in the race? What's, what's the strategy going in? What's, the, what's kind of the pacing plan? Yeah, well, you know, Okay, so before um, we even got out to California, because since I was retroing, I had to, you know, pay my way out there and really figure it out and see if it was going to be worth it. 
and training was going pretty well, so I was like, you know, this is for sure something I want to do and, and take a crack at because first actual 10K trying to race for a fast time. Um, Van Hoy said, uh, my coach said, um, 14.30 at halfway, and, you know, if you're going to run faster than that, you'll be able to run faster, but if you weren't going to break 29 anyway, you're not going to be able to, to click down after 14.30, so we'd rather, rather be safe than sorry. And so I was just thinking, you know, of course, like, you know, he knows best. <laughs> Trains are going well for a reason, so I'm going to listen to him. Uh, but that kind of all went out the window um, when I got to the race because, you know, I signed in well. I think the reason I wasn't really too worried about the actual race itself or any of the pacing or what was going on and who was on the line was because um, the, the hour before or the two hours before when I got there, I, uh, I signed in and I got my bib. And then, you know, they checked me out. They said, like, a little highlight, whatever. You're there. And and then the hour before my race, when they called us to like you know the hipping tent, my name wasn't on the list hmm. like at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you mean my name's not on the list? <laughs> I, have, I have my bib right here. You already signed me in, and they're like, yeah, like you're not on heat one or heat two. Like I don't know what to tell you. You, you can't race. And I was like, <laughs> you know. And, and there was a bunch of kids at the, the hipping tent, so I was like, all right, you're gonna have to get the meet director or somebody can do something with. Um, you know, the, the start list and, and the the online results or whatever because I'm going to run this race. I have my bib. You know, there are 38 guys on the list, and I'm going to grab number 39 hmm. yeah, or the three and the nine for both hips and, and my chest, and uh, and I'm going to race, and you're going to put the time in after, and like, whether it happens or not, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of five minutes before grabbed my hip numbers, uh, walked out, and, you know, they held me back from walking out a little bit. So I only got to do, like, one stride. And then if you watch the race video, you can uh, see me at the starting line. I'm very outside, uh, barely, like, off the track, just, like, doing some, like, lunges and some, like, scoops or something. Hmm. Just, like, really nervous. Uh, and I saw my name literally getting typed up onto the board as I was coming to the line. It was really funny. Um, but definitely, like, you know, you, you see names like Emmanuel Rudolph Beast. You know, you see guys like Clayson Shumway, like Subway 40, people, guys like Paul Roberts and Mickey Davey, who are like, you know, Air Force and, and Wyoming that are all American in cross and, you know, gave it to me really well <laughs> in cross because I, I had a really bad, you know, I was shocked um, going into that race, first national competition, but just getting to that stage and knowing, you know, well, at least I'm on the line now, not much I can do besides get behind and run, you know, it just kind of all worked out. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. Okay, so you, you cross the line, uh, you, you end up, you know, seeing this, uh, this time on the clock, you know, 2839. Man, that's, that's huge. How has life changed for you since then? Have have you had people, you know, kind of reach out or, or, you know, like, what have you, what have you heard as far as feedback goes, uh, you know, on that time? Because, yeah, like I said, that propels you to, to near one of the best guys in, in the country in that distance now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was cool. I did a little interview with Canadian Running Magazine. That was that was pretty sweet. Didn't really think that would happen. And you know, even this podcast. But it's like you know, when something's uh, like a, a dream, and you always like you know, kind of talk about it. And you think about it. You don't really tell much many people about it. But like you know, every kid that runs or does any sport really wants to be an Olympian. Really wants to you know make a a team and and wear that kit. And that's something I've never done before. And I think just like not even the fact that I ran the time or the recognition that it allows me. It's just like now I'm more likely to, you know, 
actually be able to live my dream of, of like putting on the Canadian singula and, and really representing, <clears throat> you know, the place that gave me so much opportunity and, and made me the person I am. So I don't know, maybe there'll be more, um, contacts, but, uh, it's just, it's funny to see things on, um, you know, that my friend sent me on tracky or like, you know, Twitter and it's, it's all, it's all in good fun and just really trying to adjust, uh, you know, what this means for the future and, and resetting goals. Cause you know, I, not that I didn't believe in myself, but it just is all coming a lot faster than I thought it would. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess I'm kind of interested in that as well too. You know, you mentioned this change in mentality after, after running a time like that. I mean, you haven't raced since then, but for sure you've definitely worked out since then. I mean, like, is there almost like a different approach or, or a different mindset that, that you're taking now? Or is, has it been a little more subtle of, uh, you know, of, of a change since uh, running that time? I think, I think even before that I was running pretty good workouts and, uh, I never really felt like, you know, Hey, this is like way out of my wheelhouse or, you know, we have like super hard, um, here at Ole Miss we have like an insane amount of you know facilities and dirt roads and paths and you know like loops available to us because like you know we're in Mississippi there's there's like a lot of really good agricultural areas around here and like you know they really do take care of the roads um so it just it never seemed to me like like it was anything big but I think there was a lot more going on that I didn't really realize and now that you know I'm seeing that it's working the way it, it like obviously has i'm just taking it a little more like well now that i did that if i think i can do this then th- like this next step then, then i'm probably going to be able to do and, and i had a good conversation with with my coach van hoy um on thursday about you know setting higher goals and and he said you know if you went out there and you you rigged to 29 15 or like you know barely ran 29 flat then you know next year we could just look at trying to get to nationals and and trying to, you know, be an All-American, you know, top 16. But but now that we're running 28-39, and, you know, for most of that race, if, um, you know, what I remember from it is it's like I was really just smiling and happy and, you know, making jokes. There's one of my teammates on the sideline, and I would just always look over him and give him a little chuckle and stuff mm-hmm. until about, like, 8K when we started hitting 65s. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing there's, like, a lot more in the tank in that race, you know, I think it ran a lot faster. Um, just kind of sets me up for, for not really just like a, a change to workouts. Cause you know, what something Van always says and what I really like about this program is, you know, there's no point of, you know, reinventing the wheel consistently is key. And if you can just stay healthy, you're probably going to be great. So. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier, um, you know, off the record about uh, you taking a red shirt this year and uh, and the school change and that sort of stuff. How, how has that been going for you? Perhaps, uh, you know, talk about the, I guess, the change in scenery that, that you've had this year. Yeah, um, definitely. It's, it's definitely really crazy <laughs> going from, you know, like a, a mid-major to, you know, like a major school like Ole Miss, you know, SEC you know, in the conference, like, it, it, stuff like, oh, yeah, it just means more. And, and you come here and you're like, you take it for granted a little bit, um, everything you had, but then you see what you have now and you're like, uh, I think I think I appreciate a lot more things than, than people realize and, and coming to a place where everything is given to you 
as you deserve it um, really changes the way you value yourself and the way you, uh, you try and compete when you, when you go somewhere because instead of having a chip on your shoulder about, you know, I, you know, I barely got into this race, stuff like that. It's more of like, now I'm going to prove something. Um, and I think just having a little bit less pressure, just knowing that, you know, this is a program with, you know, really good athletes in its past and, and the coaches, you know, really proven, um, it is kind of eases the nerves a little bit. You got to kind of get to step back and, you know, not have to worry about many things and just get right and keep on doing what you're doing. So that, that, um, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, and then scenery wise, like uh, there's like nowhere more than like from the track office to the trail. There's probably 800 meters, hmm. and you could really you know cut out like probably like 500 meters of it on like grass or or like shoulder and on uh, you know uh, whatever like dirt. Um, so you never really have to run on pavement. So it kind of just saves your legs. And I think that's something that's been huge for me, you know, jumping almost 25 miles in a year, but being able to do things like never really running on pavement, always being on soft surfaces or, you know, even like an ultra G and stuff like that, or, um, a hydro works and just like really, really taking my time with building my mileage and not having to worry about like hurting myself. So I think those are the two biggest things. Yeah, I mean, with that, with that change would also come a coaching change as well, too. What uh, I mean, everyone has kind of their own style and stuff. What, what's what's been the difference between, uh, say, even going back to your Ottawa Lions day to your f- first school to uh, to now Ole Miss? Um, I think back in Ottawa Lions, we did like three workouts a week, hmm. and I didn't really run much at all outside of that. And uh, you know. As you go up each level, you kind of have to take things a little more seriously. And that's something I didn't realize. Pardon me. Um, coming into university is like um, you do have to run the miles. You do have to – you can't even really fake it because it's not, it's not a bunch of kids anymore. It's, you know, you're racing grown men who are here to do a, a job and, and, you know, move on to the next stage because there's really more than just high school running. And, and then even from Moorhead to here – you know, not even so much the mileage or the coaching. It's more of like the opportunity and the the amount of athletes that you get to see at a certain level and just consistently being around like, you know, we have we had three guys who are freshmen that came in and are like three forty seven to three forty two. And hmm. and then you know, you have a pack of another like three soft or yeah, three sophomores now that are three forty four to three thirty eight and you know, you have 147, 148 guy. Like, it's just, it's being exposed to, like, consistent greatness at different levels. And then knowing that, you know, the guy that trains all of you is, is consistently proving himself as, you know, one of the best coaches, you know, not only in the NCAA, but, you know, for me, obviously, like, one of the best coaches in the world. And it just really makes things a lot easier on me because if you're, I mean, like I said before, if you're around greatness and you, you consistently train with it, you're probably going to have a great performance. And, I think that's really showing now. Man, you're you're telling me about the uh, the jump in mileage, and you even mentioned it there. You know, 25, 25 mile uh, per week jump. How how has that affected your workouts and stuff? It, do you, are you finding that a lot of it is mental, or are you finding that you can handle these these workouts a lot easier now that you're you know doing up to you know ninety ninety miles a week? Yeah, um, I think something big uh, that changes is the long runs 
and I've never done medium longs before. And I also double now, like, you know, two times a week, or four times a week. So it's just like getting used to one doubling. And then, you know, now we moved up um, from an hour 30 to an hour 45 to now we call it like two clams for like two hours. And that's like the most you go, but it's about how hard you hit it. And and you always hit the long one pretty hard. It's always kind of progressive. And so is the medium long on Thursdays. And, and that's maybe like 12 to 13 miles from me now instead of like 10. And I think just being able to hit longer efforts at a more consistent pace is just maybe, you know, really taking my threshold up a lot. And, um, and when I do workouts, like, you know, tempos and I have to start at, you know, we have a cross country loop that's pretty crazy. It's, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, like a mile 1.17 and we all hit like, you know, eight to 10 mile, um, tempos out there and we'll start at 520 and get down to sub five. Um, but you know, when you do like a long run and you're on miles like 15 to mile 20 and you're hitting like 540 down to 535, like it really puts everything in perspective. And when you start something like similar to that at a slightly faster pace and slightly, you know, lighter shoes on a day where, you know, you're gonna have to get after it, Hmm. it makes a lot, you know, the world a difference. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, one thing that, that has always struck me about, you know, the, the longer mileage and stuff is if it's to be sustainable, it's, it's kind of something that you have to enjoy. Is that something that, that you've picked up pretty quickly, like learning how to enjoy the mileage or you just kind of doing this with the, with the mindset that, you know, this, this will make me better. It's kind of a necessary evil. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh, this is, the only way I'm going to get better. No, um, you know, for me, I realized that, like, it is always really nice to have that flashy kick or, you know, like, have that insane foot speed where you're going to be able to, you know, chez your way out of a situation. Hmm. But I think, you know, at the very top of the NCAA in a 5K or 10K, and, you know, obviously at the very top of the world, you have to be able to be very strong and hold a consistently fast pace so the only way I'm going to get there is, you know, being able to be a lot tougher. And, and the best way to do that is, is handing a lot more mileage. And and for me, it's not a necessary evil, like necessarily. It's more of like, I really do love it. And I really do, you know, I can't wait for the day where Van Hoy gives me a week, my week schedule. And it said like a hundred plus miles. I'll be like, oh, that's sick. Because, you know, when I'm out on those runs, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking about, you know, bad next stream and just like, for me, whenever I'm on like a eight mile morning run, and, you know, I'm by myself or I'm with my teammates, I'm still thinking about you know NCAA's or, oh my God, maybe I'll make like a world team or something. And you just just envision that race and see yourself, you know, close to the top if not at the top, and and that's what keeps on driving you. Or you know, having ten to fifteen teammates there with you that are just hilarious and you just talk to for, you know, an hour or forty five minutes out of a two hour run. And it just keeps everything, you know, light and, and easy. You know, we, we've talked a lot about changes and that sort of stuff. And, and taking a look at your IAAF page, you know, it seems like you, you did a lot of mid-distance stuff until, you know, a couple of years ago. Is Yeah, I mean, what, what was that change like? Like, when did you realize that perhaps you might be a little more effective when it comes to, you know, fives and tens and kind of the, the longer track stuff? Um. I remember in high school, we would do like 
three workouts a week. There'd always be this one like 10 by 400 workout at, um, at goal pace. And it'd be really tough. Like we do it almost during the winter and I'd be able to, to hit it pretty well and never really get like super out of breath. And I'd be able to push myself to the point where I'll like, you know, puking. And if you puke in high school, it's like, oh, wow, that's a legit workout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was a point where I saw guys like, you know, Robert Hathaway, Bader Rennie, you know, kids just running 340s. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, well, it's just like, there's a certain amount of, of reality that has to set in where you're like, oh, what am I going to be best at? You know, because hopefully, you know, I really admire those guys. And, and when I see them run, you know, that fast and I see them close that well, you know, that's something I really like about watching their race. And hopefully, you know, they can appreciate that same thing where I transitioned into, you know, 5K, 10K. Because I always really liked the 3K. I always liked the steeple. And I just thought, like, maybe doing something that's a little tougher will help me a little little more, you know, maybe even out the scale a little bit and, and I can get up there and, and now I'm seeing it kind of work. Um, you just kind of, you just kind of realize certain things about your training, like, you know, oh wow, I'm not really getting tired. Or, oh wow. Like I really do start to thrive more when the reps get longer and the pace is more consistent and, you know, and you see the, the guys that are maybe 1,500, 800 specialists, you know, just kind of dwindle down a little bit over a, a 5K or 10K specific workout, and, and you're feeling really good, and you're like, oh, I found my niche. Like, this, <laughs> this is me. <laughs> so I think just finding out who you are is trial and error, and, and maybe I was just denying it a lot more than I should have. But, you know, in high school, they don't really offer uh, 5Ks or 10Ks. So you got to do what you're given and trying to run a fast 3k or trying to run a fast 15 awesome oh man well you know speaking of changes i'm sure a whole lot has changed for you you know you've got a lot more eyes on you as well and i'm sure the goals have changed a little bit as well too um you know what's 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 next for you this season i mean like what are you aiming for what are, what are you hoping for what's the best case scenario for you um i think now the best case scenario uh well, one would be, you know, staying healthy, obviously. Like, um, never really want to worry too much about, oh, wow, I need to have a breakout season. Or, oh, wow, you know, I wasn't really worried about that this year. I just wanted to run low 29s or, you know, get in a good 10K and figure out where the effort would have me next year and if I could make nationals. Um, but now seeing that it really is working and um, and I have, you know, hopefully two more races in this redshirt season at Portland in, uh, in June and then hopefully at, you know, World University Games so I get selected or um, at the Canadian Championships back home in July. Um, just just trying to be competitive in whatever field I get in, you know. Uh, I'm trying to, trying to just run a PR in the 5K. Uh, I'd love to go into 14. I think that's a lot more feasible now um, that I'm in. 
you, you don't have to try and go for 1320s or 13 teens yeah it's uh it's all about the journey and if if i can have a, a steep rise that'd be really cool but a good steady rise would be very ideal especially in, you know 5k 10k you want to have um, longevity in a career you don't want to really you know show out when you're 19 20 21 22 and, and then fizzle out and not really have anywhere to go so i think having somewhere to go uh after the season is just the what we're really working on you know i had a workout yesterday and i was closing at 800 um with little rest and he said you know let's we don't have to go there yet um we're fine where we are just just keep on doing what you're doing and, and i think that's the same thing i'm going to do for the rest of the season is just keep on doing what i'm doing and as long as i run faster than i have before then i'll be set up really nicely but um Realistically, going into a championship race, you know, at a world stage, uh, if I do get to compete, um, you know, Italy would be, you know, trying to medal because you you read the you read the criteria, and you know, Athletics Canada really does want to do better, and I really do want to do well for my country uh, if I do get a represent. And I know that you know podium finishes are far and few between for uh, Canadian athletics um, at the stage, and I think that's going to change a lot more in the future. You know. And even currently, you know, we have MoMED and stuff like that. So trying to live up to that standard and just podium uh, would be very ideal in a competition like that because uh, the times that I've been winning have been around 29 flat. And the last time I really went far under 29 was Suguru Osaka hmm. when he ran like 2840s. So I think it's it's reasonable to think that I can put myself in a position in July to be a lot better than I was in April because right now, you know, three weeks after or two weeks or whatever it is, I already feel... You know, like a different person. So. Oh man! Well, what I can tell you is that there's there's a lot of folks up here in, in the running community who are super excited after after seeing what you did at Mount Sac. And man, I personally am am excited for to see what's what's going to happen next for for you this season. And man, thanks a lot for for, for sure. being on the on the show this week. I uh, really do appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Thank you so much. This is really cool. So I just wanted to to shout out, um, you know, my family and I. Love everybody who's ever supported me, and I just wanted to give a quick thank you to like my past coaches and um, and my really good friends at Moorhead, uh, where I transferred from, and Model Alliance family, because there's no way I would have really enjoyed the sport and, and seen the potential in it without all you guys. So thank you, and thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to our guests this week, Farah, as well as to track you for their ongoing support. Quick note that we are now running a weekly news wrap-up show at the beginning of every week. You can find it in the feed for this podcast, and usually it sits a little bit less than five minutes. It's a great way to keep up with the sport. Of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and Tracky.ca. And no matter where you listen, if you could just leave a quick comment and rating, we always enjoy hearing your feedback. You can find us on social media at The Terminal Mile. We're on both Twitter and Instagram with that handle. And we have a Facebook page now as well, too. So if you could toss us a like on there, it would be greatly appreciated. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs> <laughs>